10, Incarnational Working. Just as Jesus, who was God, humbled himself to birth and lived as a human, so God is able to make himself visible and known through our working. In tangible ways, God continues to sustain his creation largely through human beings, the majority of whom are not Christians. Robert Banks has written a magnificent book called God the Worker, in which he reveals the way God describes himself as a worker in the Bible. God is a composer and performer, inspiring music in his people and creation, even singing over us. Quote, he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. That's Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, one of my favorite verses. God is described as a metal worker and potter, fashioning the material world, shaping history and people. You can read more in Psalm 8, 3 or Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 16. He is also described as a garment maker and dresser, creating, providing and transforming. That's in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21 and Matthew chapter 6, verse 30. There are many verses where God is described as a gardener and orchidist in his creation, Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2, and the new creation is pictured as the ultimate garden in Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 to 2. He is described as a farmer and winemaker in preparing the soil, sowing, planting, and harvesting. God is also described as a shepherd of individuals, of the chosen people, and of the Messiah, of course, Psalm 23 is a classic for that one. There is a metaphor of tent making with God dwelling amongst his people and resident with the new humanity. You can read about that in Exodus chapter 25 verse 9 or Revelation chapter 21 verse 3. And finally, God is described as a builder and architect, building the universe and building community. Psalm 102 verse 25 or Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7. Just as the Bible uses these work metaphors to describe God at work in the world, we can see our work as the means by which God is continuing to fill and sustain his creation. Thus, incarnational working is about bearing witness to God at work in the world, in us, through us, and often in spite of us. Its emphasis is on everyday sacraments, having our eyes wide open and seeing God alive in symbols and metaphors. The Biblical Basis for Incarnational Working It is clear that the visible creation is evidence of the master designer creator and we bear witness to God when we acknowledge the wonder of his creation. Quote, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. That's Psalm 19, verse 1. Just as Jesus was God made visible, and we read this in John chapter 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth so too we can make God visible to those around us in the way we work, how we behave, and what we do. Of course, the word incarnation means 
in bodily form. And that's the word that we use to describe the moment when Jesus came to earth and was born as a child. In John chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus says that God is still working, which must mean he works through people. We can cooperate with God at work and turn our work into an act of worship. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20 reveals that since his ascension, Jesus is sovereign over all creation and, quote, in him all things hold together. And in that passage, several times it says, all things in heaven and on earth. Our work becomes an opportunity to both symbolize and acknowledge Jesus' lordship. All working features some aspects of God's ongoing work in the world as redeemer, justice bringer, teacher, carer, sustainer, provider, creator and lawgiver. The behaviours that demonstrate incarnational working. Here are ways to demonstrate this spiritual discipline in the workplace. Having an awareness of signs of God's presence. The ability to discern metaphors of creation, faithfulness, redemption, salvation, provision and grace in our workplaces. A commitment to live like Jesus and do what he would do, especially in serving those around us and the capacity to see our work as source material for modern parables to pass on God's wisdom and the gospel. Tim Keller and Catherine Leary Allstorff's book, Every Good Endeavour, tells a true story that beautifully illustrates incarnational working. After one Sunday service, Keller intercepted a young woman attending his church and asked how she came to be at Redeemer Presbyterian. And here's a quote from the book. She worked for a company in Manhattan, and not long after starting there, she made a big mistake that she thought would cost her the job. But her boss went into his superior and took complete responsibility for what she had done. As a result, he lost some of his reputation and ability to manoeuvre within the organisation. She was amazed at what he had done and went in to thank him. She told him that she had often seen supervisors take credit for what she had accomplished, but she had never seen a supervisor take the blame for something she had done wrong. She wanted to know what made him different. Finally, he told her, I am a Christian. That means, among other things, that God accepts me because Jesus Christ took the blame for things that I have done wrong. He did that on the cross. That is why I have the desire and sometimes the ability to take the blame for others. She stared at him for a long moment and asked, where do you go to church? (laughs) A resource to ponder. Robert and Linda Banks used the following example to help us reframe our jobs in the incarnational model. They ask, what job is this description referring to? And here is a quote. Messenger of sympathy and love. Servant of parted friends. Consoler of the lonely, bond of the scattered family, enlarger of the common life, carrier of news and knowledge, instrument of trade and industry, promoter of mutual acquaintance, of peace and of goodwill among men and nations. I wonder what job you think that describes.
the answer will probably surprise you. This is the inscription on the old Washington, D.C. post office. (laughs) If someone who delivers the mail can reimagine his or her job like this, how much greater purpose and meaning would their job embody? Here is a prayer. Dear God, we are excited and frightened by the possibility of being your eyes and ears, hands and feet in the world. It is a great privilege to make you more visible to the people around us. It is also a great responsibility. Help us to stay in tune with you in our working, that we might faithfully continue your work in this world. Help us to be conscious of how we might bear witness to your character through our work and how we might continue your great work of creating, redeeming, bringing justice, caring, sustaining and providing. Thank you for the wonderful example of Jesus. Amen. And taking it further. How conscious are you of continuing God's work in the world? What elements of your work match the different elements identified by Robert Banks? First of all, redeeming, reconciling, saving and renewing. Creating, inventing, shaping and ordering. Sustaining and providing, maintaining, improving and producing. What about bringing justice, enforcing laws, righting wrongs and administering? or caring, comforting, healing, and guiding. And finally, teaching, enlightening, revealing, and sharing wisdom. Secondly, how easy is it to practice the discipline of incarnational working in your workplace? What are the challenges and opportunities? How can you proclaim and promote an awareness of God's goodness and grace? And look at that passage from Colossians, chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. Think through your work and workplace in light of this passage. How might you make Jesus' supremacy over all things evident in the way you work? How might your workplace be subject to Jesus' authority? How is Jesus reconciling all things to himself through your working? And finally, thinking about that inscription on the former Washington, D.C. post office, how might you describe your job in a similar fashion? 